See, education and experience comes three seconds after you needed it. And you've just got to be prepared to constantly want desire. I could avoid pitfalls and I could avoid mistakes if I didn't try. But there's a buddy of mine, Joe Polish, very dysfunctional, weird guy. But he said to me, the definition of hell is to meet the man or woman that you could have been. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real-world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners, fans, subscribers, and friends. We talk about a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, societal, and cultural perspective. We believe that in tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. So subscribe to our channel, rate, review, and let us empower you. What's up, friends? If you're anything like me, you realize that eating healthy meals supercharges your productivity and gives you a clear mind so that you can solve more problems at work or in your business. Smile More Meal Prep Service lets you choose from a variety of healthy food options that will fit your dietary needs while putting a smile on your face so you can stop stressing about eating healthy throughout the week and buying lunches because Smile More Meal Prep has got your back. And if you use the promo code EMPOWER, you'll receive 15% off your order. So click the link in the show notes, order your healthy, delicious meals, relax, and smile more. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kibboy Cooper, and I am so glad that you are here. Today, we're going to be speaking about a topic that I think is really, really important and that we sometimes can overlook, um, and it's called the curse of knowledge. This is the idea um, that we uh, understand something or have some perspective on something that's uniquely different or uh, specialized based off of um, something that's going on or some expertise that you have. And so you're not explaining things well and therefore you can't help other people, right? And so um, joining us on this topic uh, is, is a gentleman who is epic uh, in so many ways, uh, but I'm gonna let him tell you a little bit about that. Um, joining us is uh, author Steve Sims, who is the author of Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. Um, and I'm really excited to hear his perspective on how to break down, how to eliminate and overcome the curse of knowledge. So. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for being here. How you doing, man? It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for being here. So um, just to get us started, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, some of the things that you uh, want somebody to know if they don't know anything else about you? <laughs> well, uh, the easiest thing to learn about me very quickly is I'm obnoxious and I'm not actually very good with people. Um, <laughs> but I'm a typical entrepreneur. I grew up with no money. And I wanted money, thinking money was the fountain of all success. Um, and I grew up trying to find out how to make money, then how to create impact and how to become successful. And through doing it, I ended up launching a concierge firm. I'm, I've been asked to get people married in the Vatican by the Pope, put them on stage with our favorite rock band, backstage, on stage, drum lessons with Guns N' Roses, sending them down to the Titanic, um, front row at the Milan Fashion Week, driving around in a Ferrari at the uh, Monaco Formula One. I even had a client say to me that he wanted to have the ultimate uh, Italian dining experience in Florence. So I shut down an entire museum, set up a table of six at the feet of Michelangelo's David, and then halfway through his pasta, had Andrea Bocelli serenade him. So Forbes called me the real life oh, wow. Wizard of Oz, but it was all a Trojan horse. It was all an excuse for me to get to interview some of the richest, most powerful people in the planet. And I did it for selfish reasons because I wanted to know how they were successful and I was not. I wanted to know mm. how they were rich and I was not. And then I put it in the book and now I teach, speak, coach all over the planet for that exact thing. That's amazing. That's amazing. What was, um, what was your major 
your learning curve that you experienced interviewing all of these people um because you said you did this selfishly right because you wanted to yeah. get close to the to the fire so to speak what was the biggest learning curve that you saw that you were doing wrong right the biggest misconception you you realized the closer you got to these people so the, the first the first thing i realized was that this was in the 90s if i'd been doing it now i'd probably just start a podcast but back in the 90s, we didn't have a podcast. So I used what I was doing as an excuse to get to speak to people far more impactful and successful than me. The first thing I noticed was that I was asking the wrong question to powerful people. The first piece of education I got was my, um, my inadequacy. You see, I was going up to powerful people going, hey, I hope you enjoyed what I did for you. And they'd be like, yeah, Steve, brilliant. Thanks for helping me out. And I'd be like, hey, I've got a question. How come you're rich and I'm not? And that was a horrible question, you know, because when I say to you, how rich are you? You immediately think of money. You immediately think of your portfolio, your assets. How, how, how come you're rich? You think of a number. Yeah. You know, and so I was getting some really bad, awkward answers, stares, interaction. And I realized, hey, this is my fault. I'm asking the wrong question. It's not that I'm asking a question, but I'm asking the wrong one. So my first piece of education was if you don't like the answer, you're probably asking the wrong question. Mm. So I tweaked it and I thought instead of asking how come you're rich, I'm going to ask how come you're wealthy. That's a better question. So I would ask people, hey, how come you're wealthy and I'm not? This was a good question for the wrong reasons because I'd get people going, great question, Steve. I found God. I found my wife. I had children. I supported this charity. And I'm thinking, well, that's great, but I'm not <laughs> going to marry your wife. I'm not going to join your church. How does that Absolutely. bloody help me? So <laughs> there were a lot of answers I was getting that I couldn't actually do anything about. You know, yeah. I couldn't activate. So then the third question I asked was, how come you're successful and I'm not? And that got me the answers. People talked about how they valued time, how they valued relationships, how they looked at opportunity, how they handled people. All of a sudden, I'm getting all of this information. And the beautiful thing about success is it starts with how you view something. As trivial as how you can view a conversation with a waiter in a restaurant. It literally is a change of mindset and position. You see, here's the thing. You don't lose weight by buying a diet book. You lose weight by actioning the tips and, and, and habits that are featured in the diet book. You don't become rich by opening up a bank account. You become rich and it's a byproduct only of adapting and working a successful mindset. So I realized the second I changed my mind, and I would literally be in the meeting and go, that's good, that's how I'm thinking. And I would walk out of the door with a changed mindset and I would suddenly start looking at things. And I'll give you a metaphor. Have you ever had a guy or girl come up to you and show you their new jacket or their new car or their new handbag and it's a color that you've never seen before you know your buddy comes up and goes hey look at my car and it's green and you go i have never seen a car that bloody ugly before i have never <laughs> seen that color green before and here's the funny thing the following day on the road what's the only color you get to see it's everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. It's like when you're listening to the radio and a tune comes on, you go, damn, I like that. And then the following day on the radio, that's the only bloody tune they play all day. And by the end of the day, you hate it because you've heard it four million times. <laughs> when your mind gets opened to recognize and receive things, that's the only thing it can see. So when you train your mind to see opportunity, it's the only thing it can see. Here's, I'm sorry for ranting, but I will shout this out. I did. A, I do a podcast, The Art of Making Things Happen. And I, I said that I wanted to kind of look at people's mindset during COVID. You know, how has it actioned or how has it affected the majority of us? And I wondered, 
we've had a time where people literally could not do business. You could not leave your house. You could not communicate with someone other than via a digital platform. We had a lot of hurdles put in front of us to do business. We didn't have them in 2018. We didn't have them in 2017, but 19, 20 and 21, we had a lot of hurdles, a lot of ways for us to be able to cry baby that we didn't make the money we wanted, okay? Here's a stunning fact for you. There were 2,251,000 um, 2, new millionaires in the one year during COVID of 2019 and 2020. Over 2 million new millionaires. Wow. These people turned around and went, hang on a minute, there's an opportunity in this. And they went for the opportunity. So everyone bitching and crying and throwing a pity party and Facebook and everyone, hey, what are you binge watching on Netflix? There were 2.2 million people out there going, I'm going to become a millionaire. They weren't a millionaire before. I'm talking about first timers, brand new millionaires. 2.251. If they wow. can make money, why can't you? It's all about like the way that you view things. I think that was such a great um, analogy because, you know, the right information changes the way you process everything. Everything. You know? And and that is that's really, really, really good. Oh my goodness. And that's and that's what I endeavor to do even with this podcast is put the right information in front of listeners, put yeah. the right people in front of listeners. Um, because once, just like you said, once you have the right question or you even have the right language to get the question, right? Because you talked about changing your question several times even that's a process of learning what the right question is like a rubik's cube you know what i mean like what's the right question to ask to really get the answers that i'm looking for so all of that is just super super great oh that's amazing so what's what's your biggest um what's been one of your biggest aha moments outside of so now like you've got the question right i have the question i have the framework um and now i know that success has to happen within right and i have to keep executing and then it happens without right it happens on the outside where what was the moment where you were like oh wait i think that's success coming up I think this is the the seeds of what I've been planting are starting to grow now. Like, what was that moment like? You get the aha moments constantly. And nine times out of 10, they're not the big things. They're not the kind of you get off a phone call and you land a million dollar deal, right. you know? Okay. <laughs> it, can be, it can be as simple as being able to have the conversation with someone that you want to have a conversation with, you know? Actually being able to be considered for something. You may not even get the deal, but you may have been considered within the top three that you go, all right, I'm big enough now that I'm in the running. You know, I'm, I'm on there, I'm, I'm close enough. So it's these little aha moments that go, that go across and I'm constantly having them and I'm constantly trying to get them. You see, people think success is the end. Success is the beginning. Success mm. is something that you achieve and then you optimize and you opportunitize. Success is when you go, okay, I now know a little bit of the game. Let's see how well I can play it. Now I'm 55 years old. I'm living here up in the hills of Los Angeles. I'm comfortable. If I want to stop working now, I can. But how terrible would that be? How horrible would it be for me to wake up tomorrow and not have a purpose to get up? You see, I train, I coach, I speak at events all over the planet to get people out of the way of themselves to do more. You see, I love creative disruptors. I like people that refuse to be dictated about how they should feel. The news is one hour of shit every single day. <laughs> this person's died. This is a new variant. The world's going into a recession. Have you noticed how the news consists of 58 minutes of doom and gloom and then at the end of it they show you a little boy that was given a free bicycle 
by a, a, a secret Santa. And we're all supposed to feel, well, the world's excellent. For 58 minutes, you've just told us we're fucked, but we're supposed to build, feel great now because of that two minute of glory. That's how the world leads. I refuse to be dictated about how much doom and gloom's in here. I look out and I want to find the great. I want to meet people like you that are pissed off enough to do a podcast to get to have other people show them, hey, this is possible. The only one that's making it not possible is you. And so the aha moments go every time I'll do an interview and I'll get an email going, hey, I changed everything because of that one word, or I read this and then I actioned that, or I learned from you, a bricklayer from London that's now doing this with Elon Musk, the hell, if you can do it, Steve, I can do it. Yeah. And that's what's my aha moments. Every time I get somebody to just shut up and start doing, that gives me another aha. Right, right, that it was all worth it. So yep. you talked about a little bit about your background and um, your humble beginnings. I want to ask you to tell me some more about that. Like, what was your mindset like as uh, coming up, you know, as a young adult? Um, because for me, like, I'm from Gary, Indiana, right? I'm not sure if you know where that's from. Point I've heard is, of it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult place to grow up um, if you've got a big imagination. It's a difficult place to grow up if you desire big things for yourself. And so you do two of one of two things. You either, one, you get out, or two, you start to cave in on yourself you start to limit yeah. different things that you believe are possible all because you're trying to fit in, in an environment that doesn't support what you really want to be and i think sometimes because of that it's almost difficult to go back there and talk to people because you see all the different areas that they've allowed the environment to cave them in. And so inflating them up again, giving them more breath and more, more bandwidth is something I feel like that can take a lot of effort and definitely can't be accomplished in, you know, an hour or two hours of time, which is why I started Empower You Podcast. It's something that people can binge and find all these incredible stories of people who have taken what was given to them and, and built something out of it. So my question is, is what was your mindset like? When, when did you figure out like, yo, I'm not taking this anymore. I don't care what my background has been. I don't care that this has not happened for anyone else in my family. I realize I'm completely changing the trajectory of my entire lineage but I'm going to be the guy. Like, what was that progression like? Yeah, it weren't pretty. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be clear as that. I'm, I'm, you know, for anyone that's not blessed enough to be watching this on video and they're listening to the podcast, I'll explain to you that I'm 245 pound of ugly. It's as simple as that. And so as a young lad growing up in East London with no money, no future, yeah, aggravated with a refusal to accept that this was my life. Boy, did I get into trouble. You know, I yeah. was just, it was this friction thing. I didn't know where to direct my passion because I didn't have any mentors because I had the pub. And that's what you're talking about. You walk into the coffee shop, you walk into the pub, you walk into the, the social house and you're surrounded by your mates, the people that you grew up with. And you sit there and you go, hey guys, this doesn't have to be it. Surely there's another world out there that I can be part of. I can be, I can be an instigator, I can be an aggravator, I can create. And everyone at the table starts to glaze over. And they start looking at you like you've just got a, a third head and it's green. And you suddenly realize that you've left the conversation. And in order to get back with your buddies, you almost have to ridicule yourself. You almost have to go, what am I talking about? Oh, well, don't worry about it, guys. Let's get another beer. And you almost have to put yourself back in a place and you have to settle. Now, as I grew up, I was aggravated. And I think aggravation is a great creator. In fact, I was a curious, aggravated Irish lad from East London, which is a nitro bomb. Okay, you marry all those three things together and that's nasty. Aggravated, curious Irish boy. But here was the thing. 
I didn't care what anyone else thought. And you said at the beginning about being overeducated, I was amazed at how many people really give a shit what someone else thought. Let me ask you this. Walt Disney didn't care about getting into debt to build Disneyland, you know? And he died before the Epcot Center was even done. Elon Musk, do you think he gives a shit about you laughing at him because his rocket may have crashed or one of his cars may be on fire? He doesn't care. Bill Gates doesn't care. Steve Jobs doesn't care. No one that is doing anything wonderful cares about your sniggers. Because nine times out of 10, that's all you can do. Now, I've got people around me now that annoy and push me. And I will literally, I've got a different table now. I will go onto that table and I'll be, boys, I want to do this, this, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to wreck that industry up and I'm going to do this. And I'll have people look at me going, is that it? You're, you're going to stop there? What, why, why are you selling yourself short, Steve? I want to know, Steve, what's scaring you for really trying for something bigger? You know, and they challenge you more. So the bottom line of it is you said, how do you change those mentalities? I'm going to be blunt with you. You don't because 85% of the planet have their heads up their ass and they refuse to change. They're the ostrich and they've shoved their head in their sand. And hey, this is good enough, but it yeah. ain't good enough for me. And it ain't good enough for you. And it ain't good enough for anyone else listening on this. And you've got to realize that you've got to change the room you are in and you can do that virtually if you are in gary indiana now and you're in a shitty neighborhood hey haven't been in indiana so i'm not pissing on indiana but i've been <laughs> in a shitty neighborhood i know what shitty neighborhoods are like but you can plug into my boys podcast here yeah and you can binge other people's mentality who openly says it doesn't have to be that way you don't have to stay there. And all those people keeping you down with that neggy negativity? Yeah. And never gonna be anything for you to worry about. I have, from my homeland, I'll give him a shout out, Colin. I got one person from my childhood that I stay in communication with. I'll be blunt, he's not as rich as me, but he's just as wealthy. He's funny as hell. He keeps me in check, pulls me about, and he can relate to me. But the other people, I lost them years ago. And you end up, the more successful you get, you end up getting haters. You actually, you end up getting that. And that's a terrible thing, but hey, it comes with the territory. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. You said you can binge other people's mentality. That's huge. That's a bar, Steve. Like binging other people's mentality that's exactly that's the beauty of podcasts right is you get to choose who you want to be find a group of them all talking about why they are how they are and you just go down the rabbit hole and you stay there and that's that's just incredible man what for you like you've become so knowledgeable right because you've changed the rooms that you're in you know what would you say are some of your big blind spots that you're still working on you're still modifying oh wow the trouble is with a blind spot is you don't see it until it smacks you in your face you don't realize <laughs> how bad you are at keeping your guard up until you get a punch on the nose so i don't know i don't know what i'm bad at at the moment until tomorrow it kicks me in the ass mm. and then i will get that education yeah but here's the thing i'm okay with that you see, yeah. I don't mind getting a slap in the face. You don't know how good a fighter you are until you get into a fight. The fact that so many times during my life, I've got things wrong. You know, I did a contract with a big Hollywood event once and the contract was absolutely brilliant. I was supposed to make about a hundred grand out of it, you know, which was good money for me at the time. I ended up making a quarter of a million out of it. Okay. I was like, damn, I'm going to do this every year <laughs> until the contract run out at the end of one year. And I apparently, well, not apparently, I spoke about the contract that I had and they had something in the contract that I had not paid attention to that said I was not allowed to mention it. And I got sued three 
hundred thousand dollars i was minus 50 grand now that's a bad day that's a bad a day bad, that's a bad day that's, that's a bad day but you know something every time i got a contract after that day i read it read it twice read it three times adapted it edited it to benefit me never has that situation ever arisen again so the bad shit you get is the education you need to never see it come again now i got a really bad lesson i got an mba doctorate <laughs> harvard degree on how to read uh, contracts that, that damn near bankrupted me okay but it's never happened before so now i am used to the fact that hey i'm gonna jab i'm gonna jab i'm gonna duck every time i get a slap all right i've just learned see education and experience comes three seconds after you needed it Ugh. and you've just got to be prepared to constantly want desire i could avoid pitfalls and i could avoid mistakes if i didn't try but there's a buddy of mine joe polish very dysfunctional weird guy but he said to me the definition of hell is to meet the man or woman that you could have been <clears throat> and that's it i'm not willing to stay here in six months time we have another conversation i guarantee you i'll tell you well i screwed up here i did really well here this kind of went south but this worked out really well for me because <laughs> i want to constantly try and i love accepting that education yeah yeah that's amazing and the whole idea of disruption is things get broke right oh Sometimes yeah it's you you know oh yeah for anything for anything to look if anyone's ever done any sport for you to get faster, for you to get fitter, for you to get stronger, for you to lift heavier weights, for you to do any of that, you have to break up your muscles and let them expand to a stronger thing. You know, you have to break to grow. You can't do it any other way. Mm, you have to break to grow. That's incredible. And that's, I think that's the main reason people stay you know, on the bar stool, right? They stay oh, yeah. in their routine. They stay because they can't imagine being in more pain than they are right now. And so they just avoid it. Yeah, but isn't that the funny thing? You see, we all react to fear, okay? Yeah. We we all react to it, simple as that. That reaction may be to stand still and shit your pants. That's a reaction, okay? <laughs> right. That's a choice. The other reaction may be to run away. The other reaction may be to run towards it. But here's the thing for all of those people that are so terrified of that pain that they avoid it by staying in the pain that they are in that kind of that that math doesn't make sense to me for me pain is not trying i am scared shit. i will openly tell you people go hey what pushes you to keep going what challenges you to to keep trying different things it's the fear of being the exact same person today that I am in six months time. And I'm not gonna get to that new level, that new height without stretching, without pushing. You know, they say when you die, your life flashes before your face, before your eyes. I want my life to flash before my eyes and it to be so jam packed. They actually call for an intermission for popcorn. That's what I want. <laughs> Facts. Facts, man. Like that is a really sobering thought too that you know hell is the definition of of who you could have been you know and, yeah. and and who you were too afraid to be all the decisions you were too scared to make and how that affects your family and your children and all the legacy that you would or could have had you know because we don't ever think about you know if me and you don't release this podcast who knows who's not going to get it and then they're going to experience whatever whatever and it doesn't make it our like job to save anyone, but it is our job to create the, the dialogue, to create the consciousness, to not be satisfied with the status quo that might be happening in your market or my market or whatever. And so that's that's really, really helpful, you know, and, it, and I can tell that, um, you know, you're a teacher, you're a teacher is, 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 and you say that, you know, and I've watched different different things from you and, and the way that you carry yourself, you know, to me, you strike me as somebody who wants to alleviate pain for other people. 
wants to alleviate those moments that are not special for other people. And so to me, that's, that's a huge thing because it's difficult to stand there with somebody when they don't believe in themselves. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. I want to take a second and tell you about a service I've been using that has literally changed my life. Akita Ricks, the founder of SawyerScore.com, helped me erase negative items on my credit score, provided me a clear path to improving my credit, and raised my score by 100 points in the first 90 days. Like, whoa. The best part about all of this is all I had to do was follow instructions. Now, if you're like me and you need a credit bestie, you need to click the link below and schedule your absolutely free discovery call today. Tell them Kidboy sent you. It takes a certain type of, of human being to hold that space of doubt and fear and worry. And, and to really be good at what you're doing, it takes a, an extreme amount of empathy. When did you, how have you learned to develop this empathy, this, this, this caring that you have for other people so much that you teach and coach? Because, you know, what I what I understand is that, you know, obviously it's great to make money. It's great to be valued for your expertise, but it's a whole different thing to truly desire to help people transform. Yeah, the money is great, all that, but there's a different type of, of understanding that you have and a, of passion you have to help other people when you're in those environments. So what is it about you that, that has developed this, this caring, this empathy, this desire to help other people through your coaching and through blue fishing and through uh, the Art of Making Things Happen podcast? I reckon if you spoke to a bunch of my clients, they would probably tell you that I give them more of a kick in than I do a hug. Um, so it, it's funny you saying about caring. God, I, I've got to put this articulately and I don't know if I can. I don't care about the person. I care about the impact that they are trying to create, mm. you know? And so you get, you get people come to you and they want to have a better family life, um, but they're all about the business or they want to have a better business and they got a terrible family life. There's a lot of people that don't know how to balance. And so when I get there, my first job always is to shove you in a bag and shake you up and then lay you out in the right order. And so I'm there to get you uncomfortable. I'm not there to be nice. I'm not there to be your best friend. I'm not there to be your kind of like your secret pen pal. I'm there to give you a good old kick in so you suddenly start to realize what's important and what's not. Um, bottom line of it is, if you're, if you're in, a, in a swimming pool and you're drowning, and all of a sudden you make it to the top and you bust your head through the water and you gasp that first breath of air, I guarantee you, you are not thinking, what emails did I miss? Or did I, did I miss a phone call? Or, you know, <laughs> have I missed that episode on Netflix? You don't give a shit, because your priorities come into you in order. Yeah. Life living, grabbing onto that life, hugging my family. I nearly missed out on that. All of those kind of things. And I think today we're in a, in a world of mass distortion and distraction, and we need people to be brave enough to be open to change. And so when I'm looking at a coaching client, I'm looking, first of all, what impact can you create? What impact are you trying to create? And how aggravated are you? Now, I use that word aggravation a lot. Joe Polish says that it's aggravated oysters to make pearls. You're not going to change unless you're pissed off. You're not going to implement the action plan that we come up with unless you're comfortable. So I want to make sure you're aggravated. I want to make sure you're pissed off. I want to make sure you don't want to settle for where you are because with those grains, we can actually make an oyster. And so yeah. I'm looking for people to generate impact. And if you ain't got those other attributes, as negative as they say, that's the core fuel. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. Mm. And and even, you know, a lot of people, what, what I'm learning in my own, you know, because I have coaches and mentors, you know, that I've been blessed enough to get into the room with. Um, what I'm learning is that you know, not everybody cares enough to get you frustrated or, or to help you see all the things you're not seeing or to call out, you know, the fact that, you know, your family life is a mess. Of course, you're going to have issues with your business, like because you are 
all a part of that. Your business is birthed through you. And if you're having these struggles, they're quite likely going to manifest in other ways as well. Yep. You know, but nobody wants to do that. They want to take your 97, 99 and then they're out. You know what I mean? They're going to take you a couple <laughs> thousand dollars and they're out of there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why I say I think that's it's, it's really amazing that you do that because you know, people don't care, you know, they'll, they'll, they will absolutely jazz you up. As soon as you get into those communities, you never hear from them again. You know, you got access to their modules or whatever, but that's it. There's no real transformation that can happen. Um, and, and it's not, you know, I'm not trying to knock anybody. I'm just saying what I'm seeing and what I've my, myself experienced, you know, having had people who really don't care and then having you know folks who really they care enough about you to 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 piss you off you know i had a a a mastermind call with a group that i was in or that i am in and they just kind of pulled me on the carpet man like told me that i was maybe being lazy maybe you don't want it bad enough like i was i felt a little attacked i'm not even gonna lie you know but it gave me an opportunity to say these people care enough about me to tell me what I'm not doing. Yes. Because they understand that if I could do something with that, if I could figure that out, like I figured other things out, you could be so much better than you are now. And your questions would change. And the questions get you closer to the result that you're looking for. You know, and so that's why I say, you know, I you strike me as a really solid human being, not because of how nice you are, but because of your ability <laughs> and, you know, your willingness to be uncomfortable with somebody because yeah. you feel that energy come back at you, which is a lot. And I'm sure, you know, that has been interesting for you. So what are some things that that you're one working on and you're getting really good at, right? And then other things that you're just like, wow, like I'm really struggling with this, or this is a challenge for me. I've been implementing this, or I've been trying this for X amount of time. And it doesn't seem like I'm I'm gaining much headway in this area. How do you balance those two? Well, I always look for the other one. I always look for the one that's challenging me that I'm not making any headway, that I'm not doing well, because anything I'm good at, I need to stop doing and I need to better myself. So, you know, I can guarantee you, I I own a company called Sims Media with my son, okay? And we are always trying things differently. Um, And we are always failing and we are always gaining education and we are always growing and we are always tormenting the marketplace and aggravating the industry. And we're constantly pushing. And I get a lot of people, even my wife turns around, she says, can't you just settle? And no, absolutely cannot. I need to aggravate. If I'm coasting, I'm dying. So here's a perfect example. I'm 55 years old. I've been on motorcycles since the age of 13, okay? Love motorcycles. Um, I also race on racetracks. I'm pretty good. Actually, no, screw that. I'm good. You know, I'm not a professional racer, but I I can haul knee and overtake you on the outside Pretty easy enough. You know, I'm a pretty damn good motorcyclist on a racetrack, but I'm not good enough. So this year, I actually spent good money on a racing coach, and they actually got behind me and in front of me and drugged me around and showed me where to get better, where to get faster, because I didn't want to settle. And of course, in doing that, you find you come into corners too fast and you shit yourself, and you're like, <laughs> and then you get through it and you go, all right. And you know what happens when you get fear and you overcome that fear? That becomes your new normal. And now all of a sudden I would hit that corner and if I'm hitting it too slow, hey, come on, boy, wind it up. Wind it up to the point of going, whoa, here we go. Your new normal. Now, sometimes that new normal sparks you and you get thrown off the track and you know your bike may get wrecked or something like that and you get tossed around, which ain't pretty. Yeah. But you, at least you know the, the edge that you pushed. And now you know where you've got to get past. So I don't want to settle. I want to be better at marketing. I want to be better at branding. I want to be better at motorcycling. I want to be a better father. I constantly want to push. Don't look at the challenging, um, oh, it's not going my way as a bad thing. See that as an indicator that you're not willing to sell until you've got to your new normal. Yeah. Wow, man. That is... uh... 
that's a lot that spoke to me and just some things I've been thinking about as far as like where I can push myself you know I, I I'm in an environment right now where I feel like I've hit a ceiling with the stuff that I'm doing, you know, because I, I obviously I do this podcast, but also I'm a podcast coach too for businesses, um, which, you know, I'm doing different things, haven't been done in the city, all that stuff sounds great, except the fact that certain things, they're not scary to me anymore. I'm not, I don't feel challenged. I don't feel like that's really scary anymore. I feel like the only one in the room roaring, so to speak. And that feels well, weird. If you you're know. not being okay, let's let's pick on you. Okay? All right. You said you're not feeling challenged. Yeah. That's a passive reaction. That's you sat there going, I'm not being challenged. You've got to challenge you. You've got to be proactive. You've got to look at everything you're doing. How many subscribers are you getting? What marketplaces are you handling? What conversations are you having? Having, And what do you need to discuss that's going to move the needle? What yeah. do you need to do that's going to disrupt people, aggravate people, get them talking about you? You see, mm. not feeling challenged, that's a passive receptive. Hey, I'm right. here. You know, the classic line of Nirvana, here I am now, entertain me. You know, right. it's going, hey, I've shown up, right. you do the best. <laughs> that. You've got to be the one that wakes up one day and says, all right, I'm not comfortable where I am. I'm not happy where I am. I'm not going to settle where I am. What have I got to do to do something about it? And right. you've got to be the instigator. You've got to be the aggravator. That's, that's amazing. And yes, absolutely. There are definitely areas that I can agitate more for sure for sure and so uh that's 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 part of my plan for 2020 you know i, I took a, a trip and i've just been ruminating on some things and doing a lot of stuff um this um one of my mentors always talks about having thinking time and uh, where you just shut everything off and you just think uninterrupted for you know several minutes and write things down and so i've been doing some of those thinking time prompts and i'm going to add that one to it what can i do to disrupt the industry that i'm in what can i do to disrupt the market that i'm in with my podcast with my coaching what would bother the most people or get the most people uncomfortable you know i i love that that's that's amazing i appreciate that <laughs> for sure that's some free coaching y'all what can you do to disrupt your market there you go it's not free i'll send you an invoice all right all right <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So you've done a lot of really awesome stuff, right? Um, you've created incredible experiences. You've been able to generate amazing income. You've pulled yourself up from um, from circumstances that most people would have written you off, written you off about. And you also help other people, you know, with your with your coaching service and your coaching clients. What is the next big wave that you see based off all this data, based off all of the environments and the, the tables that you've been at, what do you think the next big hurdle is for entrepreneurs and coaches um, in, the, in the coming year? Um, not so much a hurdle, but a discovery. I think for many years, we've had a lot of people making a lot of money off of looking good with no substance. Ooh. The amount of coaches that are actually leaning up against cars they don't own or or the classic look at me I'm on a private jet it just hasn't have it hasn't left the runway. You know all that kind of bullshit that a lot of people have bought into and subscribed to their 49.99 courses on it. <laughs> I think today a lot of people are now quizzical. A lot of people have been lied to. You know, in, in COVID, we've had some great conversations. Fake news, politics, Black Lives Matter, Asian hate, Me Too campaigns. There's a lot of conversations that have got people asking questions. Uh -huh. And that's creating a habit in us that we shouldn't accept what we've been fed. We should ask questions. And that's now down into your education. If you're going to buy a course, if you're going to listen to a podcast, if you're going to subscribe to someone's blog, why? What are they going to tell you that you don't already know? And how do they know it? Did they just spend money on a course and now they're selling the course to you? Or did they live it? Did they actually do it? 
Did they pull themselves up from Gary, Indiana and start their own podcast? Or did they buy a $49.99 course and they've digested it over two months and now just trying to resell you the same shit? <laughs> so I think today people are now starting to question more and more and more the source and the substance of the information that they are willing to listen and consume. And I think the credibility metrics and the credibility uh, equity that we carry is going to be massive today. Yeah, that's incredible. If you that's... have it, that's the key. If you have that credibility, if you're faking it, get a get a job in McDonald's or something, mate, because you ain't going to be around for long. Listen, that is huge. There's a lot of folks I feel like I was just at this retreat and he, they were saying how, you know, that there's a lot of pretending going on. And I only oh, know, you yeah. know, what I know, you know, and I'm just like, it's just, for me, man, it, it, it just seems like a really heavy burden to bear to be go through your whole life pretending to be something that you're not. Like, that just seems like a lot, you know? So I, I appreciate that. I think client success is definitely going to be the new metric, oh, you yes. know? Not, not how many followers you have, not how many, you know, that's that's a really good thing too, I think, I think. Well, until followers can actually uh, um, pay my bar tab or mortgage, I don't give a shit. Mm. Um, so I think it's the conversations we have that are important. And I think if you have a conversation with someone that's a fake, it doesn't take too many seconds to realize they're a fake. So yeah, yeah I definitely think, I think it's thinning the market now. I think our tolerance, isn't there anymore. You yeah. know, a couple of years ago when the world was pretty and we never had any COVID and we could walk around stupid and ignorant, we would tolerate more because yeah. we had no other idea. But now we're being forced to look at things. How do I interact with him? How do I speak to her? How do I stand up? How do I show up? How do I show up to my kids? You know, I'm, what am I teaching my kids? So I think today tolerance has taught us to um, question more and i think that's a damn good thing oh yeah I, I i would have to agree with you i would have to agree with you listen i have two more questions and then i'll let you go man <laughs> i appreciate you so so much for coming in and sharing such incredible gems with us what was the number one thing that you want um people who are listening to this podcast to take away from um, your journey with blue fishing, your understanding, uh, you know, that, that the metrics for success are changing and that you need to be impactful, not just popular. You know, like what is the what is the the main thing you want people to take away from? So Jay Abraham once said to me that I have a greater I can than an IQ. So stop thinking and start doing. Mm, that's great. Oh, my goodness. OK, the next thing. Is every episode, uh, we do what's called thought exercises at the end of the show. Um, and a thought exercise is just something that you do personally when you're either maybe one having a rough day or you need to conquer that next fear, right? That conversation you have right before you do, that helps you do, that helps you put action to the knowledge that you already have. Um, and we've had people leave poems or exercises or, or, or mantras. What is a thought exercise that we can implement today, you know, not just, you know, subscribing, but like while you're walking on the train, on your way to work, whatever it is that you're doing that you can start implementing right now. Well, you may find this one a funny one, but I love music. Um, so what I do is I will actually grab my phone with my headset and I will randomly pick from somewhere in the planet a radio station. It could be Afghanistan, it could be, you know, Canada, Quebec, it could be Toronto, you know, Tokyo, it could be anywhere. And listen to that music for one hour. Now, it may sound a really strange, ridiculous thing to do, but here's what you're doing. You are opening your mind and your receptiveness to another person's culture, another person's music, another world, another station and you are telling your brain, hey, let's be open for an hour. Now, I do that a lot. And the other day, I, <laughs> I was listening to Norwegian EDM music. And this was two o'clock in the afternoon, which meant that it was way past midnight in Norway, okay? And I listened for one hour to Norwegian electronic dance music. Now, I can tell you, because I listened to it for one hour, it's the biggest turd shit you've ever heard in your life. 
<laughs> but, but, I told my mind that we're going to be open for an hour. And when I turn off that radio, even though it was horrible, sorry, Norway, but that stuff is crap. But when I turned off that radio, my mind had already been trained that, hey, we were going to be open to something new. And so even though I was down, even though I was slightly restrictive, even though I was kind of like a little bit cautious about what I was getting into, I just had a, a workout of my mind and was now open to new surroundings, thoughts, process, and I had opened up my mind to new opportunity. The funny thing is the rest of the afternoon just flows by because wow. I had already opened up the gates of being open. That is a really, really, really good thought exercise because it goes back free. to what you said. Yeah, <laughs> it's free. And, and it goes back to what you said about being able to binge other people's mentalities and that ability you have to mentally expand and you don't even have, and that's the power of technology, right? You can mentally expand and you don't have to do anything except make a decision. Yeah. You know, that's, that's incredible, man. I'm definitely gonna have to try that. I don't know about that EDM, man. We go, no, I'm, no, gonna, no. I'm gonna work up to it. Yeah, no, that stuff was horrible. It was horrific. It was painful. But I stood with it for an hour. I did. I did watch that clock very tightly, <laughs> for, for going. Oh my God, when's this? And it was halfway through a tune when I managed to turn it off. But hey, I tried. And when yeah. you try, you open. That's amazing. When you try, you open. That is a. That's a bar. That's another one, man. That's a, a hashtagable, uh, a little phrase there, man. I appreciate you so much for coming on here, Steve. I really, really appreciate it. This has been incredible. Um, I can't wait to, to share this with everybody in the Empower You podcast audience. Um, and I'll definitely send you all the clips and everything. How can people find you, get on your email list, get in contact with you for, for folks who are just like, nah, man, I need, I need to listen to this podcast. I need to read Blue Fishing. I need to get more of what he's talking about. How do we get a hold of you? It's very easy. I'm at Steve D. Sims. That's D for dashing, and there's only one M in Sims. So Steve D. Sims everywhere. SteveDSims.com, Steve D. Sims on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, anywhere. Steve D. Sims. I love it. I love it. And we will have links to Steve Sims on the show notes and you guys can go ahead and like him, follow him, leave us a comment, tell us, tell us how you like this episode. And we really appreciate you all for listening. Steve, again, man, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you so much, brother. Cheers, pal. Bye. All righty. Bye. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this episode because we would love to hear your takeaways from this discussion. And it helps us reach more listeners just like you. If you'd like daily audio video clips from the podcast, you can find Empower You Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.